Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Chickity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How are you doing? I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Make sure that you are subscribed to us in all the prevalent places like iTunes and uh, all that. Look for uh, the Metal Sucks Podcast there on Stitcher and all those places where you get your podcasts. And you can find us, subscribe to us, download it, tell your friends about it, whatever you got to do. Make sure that you get this uh, weekly podcast every week. Yeah, that's when we do it, so... That would Mondays. be important. On Mondays. And you can also find us, of course, every Monday at MetalSucks.net. And at the bottom of those posts, we got little speak pipes, and you can leave us a message. We're going to get to one of those in this episode here in a little bit. But uh, this episode of the Metal Sucks Podcast brought to you by Creative Live. If you want to learn how to record music, check out our friends over at Creative Live, who have classes on engineering, mixing, mastering, uh, taught by artists like Between the Bear to Me, Converge, uh, Dillinger, Periphery. Head over to creativelive.com slash audio to learn more and watch some free preview videos and check out what you could possibly do instead of sitting around and watching porn. That'd be good. Dude, Isle Levy's got like a cheap class on there and it's not like it's just like a one hour class. It's like it's like a 10 hours worth of, you know, getting granular about how to mm. do something. It's really cool. And the other cool thing is that they're cheap. Some of them are free. It's like it's they just want you to do it and then like then you'll love it and then and then you're you're hooked like a heroin addict and you got to pay them big bucks later, but now they're cheap. Now it's cheap. Now you got to go. Now you try it out. It's the most awesome thing. And they, then they got also like uh I was checking out they had a really cool class on like how, you know, photography classes on there. So I was thinking and like you know what you do is you get the girlfriend to take the photo class on how to shoot pictures of the band so that way you don't have to pay anybody to do it or when she does take pictures of your band she actually makes you look good I well mean, these are all uh, well these are all resources that every band should uh, needs to utilize i mean the, uh, the more tools that you have going into the studio the more tools you have going in as far as like songwriting and other things all that it's just going to make you better it's going to make your product better it's going to make everything that you do as a band better and we're going to talk to y'all levy in the uh, back end of the show, uh, one minute to midnight episode again this week with uh, which bands are we doing this time around? Oh, it's like Dissident Regressor was and one of them. Event and Horizon was the other one. So we got two uh, bands on uh, one minute to midnight toward the end of the show, and he'll pretty much lay out exactly what we're talking about. Like some of those things you can learn ahead of time before you actually put out a demo, and that's kind of important when you're talking about Creative Live. You know what I mean? Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Also on this episode, uh, Philip H. Anselmo. That's right. We're going to talk to none other than Phil. He is uh, going on tour with uh, Super Joint Ritual, and uh, we wanted to, you know, pick his brain about a few things, like uh, maybe house core horror and a few other things. So we're going to talk to him in this episode. Also, he's like the busiest man in show. <laughs> he really is, dude. I mean, when you break it down, like all the bands that he's in and stuff that he's doing, like constantly, he's got he's got so much shit on his plate. It's unreal. When he's talking, he doesn't sound that busy, but he actually. No, he's a, come on, come on, man! If you're gonna do, you gotta break it down a little bit better than that, man. Come on, you're there, you do it so much better. This is one of them things when you're talking like uh, you're gonna break it up. You know, this is how we do it here down in Texas. Yeah, 
got a speak pipe. <laughs> we got a speak pipe. Oh yeah, speak okay. Pipe. All right, we had topic so, so like everybody, yeah, it's on our on our like when we post it on metalsucks.net, you can only get it at metalsucks.net. We get this little recording thing. You press the button, you record your question on your computer thingamajig, so it comes to us, and then we get to play it. It's pretty good shit, isn't it? So and do that's, it. That's what we're, we got one from Matt this week. Hi guys, it's Matt from Papa E Daily. Uh, I read the story about how Clown from Slipknot wanted to do a two-disc concept record at some point, and it got me wondering, what bands would you guys like to see try a concept record, and what bands do you think should stay far away from concept records? Uh, Love the show. It's the best. Thanks. First off, I think Slipknot needs to stay away from a concept record. That would be helpful. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that, that, that's, yeah. That, and and the, I love it when they go, it's going to be two discs. Like, come on. Nobody knows how long it's going to take you to get your story, to, you know, to tell the story. Just, just say it's going to be a concept record. And then when you're in there and all of a sudden, you know, I don't know if you hired, you know, the, the pumpkin head dude from Smashing Pumpkins to, you know, produce your album and you can't get an idea out and less than two albums then okay but well i don't get that why would you say two records you know yeah, who I, knows man i mean that, that's just going well it's going to be in two fa- everybody looks at it like it's pink floyd the wall or some shit you're gonna to have to put it out on two albums so we gotta have more than eight or 79 minutes or whatever fits on a disc these days i don't think that I even makes a difference even the wall should have been one CD. Oh, no, no. <laughs> actually, on. actually, that is a great. What's great about that is that if you actually if you listen to it on vinyl, it's completely different than if you listen to it on a CD on the double disc CD because it was meant yeah, to split. It's into, annoying. No, it's awesome. It's, it's meant to split into four pieces and it's a completely different experience when you have to flip the album in the middle of it. It's it creates a whole different uh, sort of flow of the way it sounds, which is kind you know, of interesting. God invented the remote control for a reason. So that way you can change the channel without even having to get off your ass. And the same thing with the records. You were still said. pissed off at auto reverse, man. So whatever, man. <laughs> you know. Uh, do you think that the, the dudes in Slipknot at a certain point are just talking to talk? Do, do you think that like they just sit around and just ideas pop into their heads and they're like, well, what the hell? I'll just say it. You know what I mean? Instead of like. I don't know, thinking through what they're saying a little bit because it just sounds like, you know, oh, we're gonna we're gonna get some uh, camel shit and set it on fire, you know, it's just, like, <laughs> but, just but every then, idea. But so what? I mean, no, why, no, no, why, no, why not? A, you know, a, a double concept record, man. Let's do a double. Con- I mean, it's just all these ideas they just go nowhere. They just. Oh, I mean, maybe they just get interviewed too much, you know, that's and possible. That, it, that is possible. There's just too many microphones in their face. I mean, that's that's the other thing. It's like, OK, so talk shit about Kanye. OK, cool. Corey. Awesome. OK, now talk shit about somebody else. Oh, Axl Rose. All right, cool. It's it's one of those things. It's it's going to happen sooner or later. And when you're just trying to make stuff up, you're just kind of making stuff up. If they maybe they did think about it or maybe they they had too much material, but really a, a slipknot concept record. I don't know. That's just I, I just don't think that needs to happen. Now, yeah, I don't think so either. I just don't know that concept records are a good idea in, at all. You know, they're oh, just not something that I'm I'm very fond of overall. But then when I do hear one that's really well done, I'm surprised at how much I love it. Like the new Between the Bear to me is a, is a great concept record, and it and it works. Like it works as a whole piece, which is pretty awesome. And it, but it's rare that it's that it's actually accomplished with that kind of uh, accuracy and ability. So I mean, who would you really want to see do one? I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of anybody else that would be that could pull it off. I mean, you got like the Opeth of the world, and they've already done like one or two. Uh, Between the Bear to me, they've already done like the 
this is their second, I think, that they've done. So, I mean, who else is there? Well, I think that there's, you know, it's interesting because there's some bands that are like, they're just really good at kind of creating an atmosphere with yeah. their music in a way. And then there's other bands that are just really good at delivering a hook. Yeah. And and that's two different styles. And, and I think that, you know, between The Buried and Me, to me, that this new record is, is going to be like their gateway album. You know, eventually when you're talking to people and you go, hey, you got to check out Between The Buried and Me, the album that you'll pull out is this new one. Because mm. it, it's probably their most accessible because they're one of those rare bands that has the atmosphere and the hooks, you know, and that's mm. tough to get. You know, Pink Floyd, they had atmosphere for days. They had hooks for days, you know, so mm -hmm. it's a similar type of thing. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, this, yeah, Slipknot is not an atmosphere band. <laughs> they, they've got great hooks, but not atmosphere by no, no. means. Granted, if they did set the camel shit on fire, that's a pretty awesome atmosphere. Well, but <laughs> one you can't breathe, but still, it's a, some kind of atmosphere. But I mean, there, there's been some great, you know, whether you're talking about like uh, Iron Maiden, Seven Son of a Seven Son, or, uh, you know, Opeth and Still Life, or Blind Guardian did that one that was about Middle Earth or whatever, even Mastodon, I think, if you count it, Blood Mountain's supposed to be kind of a concept record, I guess, maybe. You know, there, there are some decent ones that are out there nowadays, I guess, but I'm just trying to think of bands that are operating at this point uh, and who I'd want to hear one from. Do I want to hear another Halloween concept album anytime soon? No, no, probably not really. Man, not let's, without the old singer. Yeah. Let's hear the Striper concept album. All right, kick ass. This one's going to be badass, dude. I can't wait for it. Who would you be willing to really listen to those kind of ideas from? Is it going to be... The old guard, or is it going to be somebody new? I mean, like Opeth, I'm totally down with doing that still, you know? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the uh, Bloodstock Open Air Festival in a couple weekends mm -hmm. uh, in, in England. So, hey, if you're in England and you're going to Bloodstock, you know, hit me on Twitter, at Godless Speaks, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Let's hang out. Look um, for the pink shirt. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's a, it's a freaking camping weekend, so I don't know if I can <gasps> Are you going to camp with a bunch of metalheads? Yeah. Oh my I guess god. So. Oh my god. It's gonna be wonderful. You're oh god. This is gonna be out camping but, in England. But, but there's uh there's some pretty cool bands like on that. I mean, it's an awesome freaking lineup that they got. But I was kind of like looking through the lineup, going like, all right, so what bands would I want to hear concept albums from there? And like, like, all right, so like Flesh God Apocalypse, right? Mm -hmm. Last album was awesome. Yeah. Atmosphere like crazy because it got the orchestra and you know yeah. all that stuff. And they're playing there. They're also playing seventy thousand tons in January. And they got a new album coming out in early twenty sixteen. That'd be awesome if that were a concept album. Mm -hmm. I could totally picture that being enslaved. Need to do a concept. Album Actually, that point. that would that does make sense. That would they, they could pull that off too. And here's a band that kind of it goes against my need an atmosphere thing but the only reason is because they've been doing it for so long they're extremely talented i mean excessively talented so you know they could do it but they've never really pushed themselves this way and i think it would be awesome if they didn't that's cannibal corpse can you imagine <laughs> that a cannibal corpse concept record hang like on. a whole hang story on. hold on it'd be on. the shiznit hang on i'm working on it and uh no, I can't think of it. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be so great. Yeah, you, you got the whole, like, uh, you know, it, it ain't just like somebody getting disemboweled. It's like the hunt 
and then the capture, and then you know what I mean. It'd be like the whole yeah, the whole but story. but it wind, it, awesome. it wind up being something terrible, like serial killers or something. You know, it'd be like Jack the Ripper or some crap. You know, where they, they, to to really kind of do it, unless they made up their own or something. You know what I mean? It, it would it would wind up being something like that. I don't know. Uh, that could be interesting, but the but you're right though. It doesn't it doesn't bode to what you're talking about. They don't set up they don't set a scene with the way they sound. You know, one of those things about concept records or what you get is that you get an ebb and flow between songs and other things that are going on besides just just the songs themselves. And that's something Cannibals never been able to do. They've it's been song 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 song. And I just yeah. don't know that they can. I, I don't know that they could do it. But you, I mean, like you look at like Alex Webster and uh, Paul Mazurkowitz, all those guys yeah, are like that's true. just awesome, awesome, awesome musicians. And then you got George Fisher, who, I mean, he, 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 he they'd have to really get, well. they'd have to get somebody that like, if they decided to do something like that, they would have to get like Alex's other project, like um, blotted science or, you know, get Ron George, I'll make or somebody like that in there to help out with it. You know what I'm saying? Like to get some of those interludes and the other stuff. Cause I don't know it, it. Oh, that that could be really bad, but it, but you I, never know. It could be, but it, I think it would be cool to find out if George Fisher's got like, you know. But if like, you're gonna do death metal, man, I would I would rather see somebody like Carcass try to pull something like that off. You know, like where where you got somebody like that who's got some ebb and flow, who's got some blues sort of stuff to it, who's got that mood that could do it. Carcass makes a lot of sense to do something like that because they could really, you know, they've got the ability. That's a tough one. I mean, saying I, Cannibal I mean, Corpse could do it is just like saying Obituary could pull it off, and I just don't think that's possible. <laughs> I, just <laughs> I just don't know that they could do it. I don't know either, but I just like to think that those guys uh, have got so such great resources and have so much talent that this would be one way that they haven't expressed themselves mm. yet, and it'd be interesting to see if they could do it. I don't know if the fans would follow them on that one, though, either. That, that'd be the other tough one. I don't know if Cannibal fans are ready for something like that. The other, but Okay, so another one that I was thinking about, too, was um, somebody we saw during South by Southwest was uh, Fallujah. Do you remember Fallujah? Oh, kind of deathcore-ish yeah. with that sort of yeah. other stuff going on there. They're they're super awesome. Yeah, just amazing live, right? They're yeah. a band like as far as death metal is concerned. I think they could possibly do something like that in the grain of looking like your flesh god apocalypse sort of thing. That might be something I would be worth that would be worthy of uh, checking out and be kind of interesting in the end. To me, it's one of those things that I don't think anybody should go out and plan to do a, a concept record. It's not something like, let's go and do this. I think it's something that needs to be like, bam, a lightning strike, and it happens, and and, and it does what it does. Or it's a piece you know, of writing that they that they go with, and they, they build it around it. I think about like my top five favorite albums of all time, any genre, right? And like two or three of those five are concept albums. Which? And it's like... Uh, well, uh, the, the one metal one, or <laughs> no, it would be uh, Thought Industries' Black Umbrella, which is okay. in the the, the most uh, they're on Metal Blade. I don't even know if it's on in print anymore. It's an amazing album. It's just the story of a breakup, and it goes through every. It, it emotionally tracks exactly what the you know the the storytellers going through you know as far as the experience of having broken up and and then trying to get through it and and it's depressing and a whole thing but it's it's perfectly told it's possibly the greatest album of all time mm. and it's ah, i love that love and it's a great it, it's a great way and i don't know whether he set out to do it 
ahead of time and or he, that was just where he was yeah. and this is the way it turned out or you know sometimes you wonder if like they just kind of kept on going on an idea and before they knew it they had you know 10 to 12 songs that you know just worked in a flow you know mm-hmm. i don't know how the creative mind works if i did i'd spend even more time on creativelive.com <laughs> <laughs> uh and what's your other one like fear factory <laughs> demanufacture no, yeah because like uh, uh, of course Bur- burden's doing a uh, uh, a graphic a, like, novel a, graphic novel about an album that's odd yeah i saw that and i'm like i'm dude i'm not buying a graphic novel but i'll buy that one that's gonna be awesome <laughs> yeah but it's for the industrialist of all albums they're gonna do it's like really oh that's uh, terrible terrible uh but i mean there, there, there's some good ones but when i think about concept the records that i really love they're it's pretty much old stuff you know seven son of a seven son and uh operation mind crime and you know, it's it's the old stuff that I really dig. It's a there's wow. That's the other topic we were going to talk about this week, <laughs> being fat, old, and gray. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I, I, hey, hey, hey. I'm not. I'm not gray, and I'm not balding. I may be fat and old, but you know, hey, buddy. All right, let's get into our interview with Phil. We'll get into that that topic next. All right. Sounds awesome. So it sounds like you just had a birthday. Happy birthday, brother. Yeah, yesterday I went and did my yearly uh, annual game with uh, the United Way kids uh, playing some football over at Saints camp. So, Jesus H. Christ, hungover as hell. Uh, (laughs) Falling down all over the field, getting run over by 15 and under. kids all day it was uh i'm still i'm dying today man i'm sore as shit <laughs> that's hilarious phil is that a happy birthday or is that like a birthday that you you, you wish was something better no man you know leading up to that you know there's always a rule around here the week of your birthday it's kind of like your birthday you know so i got some cool presents man and uh lived it up and man, part of that was in france where uh super joint well actually uh, in, it started in canada with down i did a gig there and then uh we jumped on a plane that night and head headed out to france and i did a uh a super joint gig matter of fact our second gig in uh crap over a decade and then uh our first gig in Europe ever, but it was awesome. And, uh, that, you know, and, and from there on, man, it's like, you know, a bunch of plane flights and then chilling out at home before I hit the road here on the night, getting ready to uh, gear up for this super joint King parrot child by run. So, uh, you know, it is what it is, you know? So what'd you get for your birthday? What was the cool, cool thing you got? I can't tell you. Oh, no. I can't tell anybody what I got for my birthday. Aside <laughs> for a bunch of, uh, a lot of my movie buff friends, you know, send me DVDs and shit like that. And right now I'm blanking out on 
aside from American guinea pig, I'm 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 fucking blanking out on this other one. <laughs> Bill Mosley, uh, the famous Bill Mosley, mm-hmm. sent me something in the mail the other day, and it's some grindhouse rocking movie that I'm sure is interesting to say the least. But uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the title. <laughs> Phil, are you not cuddling with anybody at this point? Shouldn't you have a somebody? I got a somebody, but I like to keep my private life to me. But yeah, yeah, man, I do a little bit of cuddling and, you know, uh, sperming up the house and shit like that, you know. (laughs) You know, fuck it, you know, I'm human. I just would hate to, you know, like, uh, you know, find out that you're on OK Cupid three days before the birthday. Yeah. You know what I mean? What I, is I, that? What is, what is that? Like, like doing some online dating, you know, just yeah, match.com oh, or something. Yeah, uh-huh. that sort of thing. Yeah. I always kind of wanted to go to ChristianMingle.com <laughs> <laughs> just to see, you know, who would like to come over and study the Bible with me and shit like that. Bet you it's nasty. Uh, I'll bet, bet you, you it's so good nasty. <laughs> I bet they fucking I, I I'd get like a lucky me, I'd get the the, the pisser lady, you know. <laughs> you <laughs> put that gold, photo golden shower. You put the photo of you with the snake, you know? Uh, that shaved head. Oh yeah, they you'd you'd get, just you'd say, get yourself. Yeah, just say reformed, you know, and that boy, they uh, all all about it. Yeah. I tell you what, you know, I've always said if I go, you know, rock bottom broke, I could always be an evangelist, you know. Like, oh my God, I'm born again and Lord oh Jesus Jesus Christ and all this fucking horseshit. You know, it's like, you know, I can make millions. Now you make a yeah, make a mint on Fox News alone, man. He'd be all over it. Fox dude. News, there you go. Oh, there now man. we're talking. The David Pacman show. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm totally waiting for Tim Lambesis to do that. You know, to come out of jail and go. I found Jesus in jail, and A you know, and build this do. huge ministry. I'll bet you he'll. I bet. Oh man! And they're the two of you guys together. Oh my God! The whole world gets saved. So who the hell is James Lambesis? No, Tim Lambesis from As I Lay Dying, the guy that tried to kill his wife. Oh, I don't know nothing about him, man, really. I, yeah. I wish I did, but I don't. Yeah, no, all good. I'm actually uh, more of a pro football talk, uh, boxing fight news type guy. <laughs> There'll be a horror movie about it someday, so, you know, it's all good, man. I, I heard some other horrible motherfucker that was uh, trying to, well, he was a uh, child molester type cat. What, what band was that? Oh, that was uh, that was the Lost Prophets, that dude. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to put a fucking boot through his heart, you know. <laughs> fuck all that crazy shit. I'd love to see your list of people you'd like to put a boot to. There's oh, got to be a nice it, list. It, it, it would be very short. Uh, I don't I don't hold any grudges, man. I really don't. Matter of fact, uh, in France, uh, one of uh, the greatest metlers of all time and I butted heads a couple years back and we ran into each other. We were just walking down the hall and there he was, Tom G. Warrior. And God damn it. First thing I did was stick my hand out and say, Thomas, I apologize for being a penis the last time we saw each other. And you know what he did? 
he shook my hand, gave me a hug, and said, Phil, I deserved it. And, you know, <laughs> it was like, you know, hey, man, fuck it, you know. Uh, like most civil people, uh, you know, we ought to be able to sit down, hash out things in conversation, and move on with life. Yeah. In a, more, posi- in a to- more positive direction, yeah. for Christ's sake. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to him apologizing to all of us for Cherry Orchards. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, yeah, that's, that was a long time ago, and, you know, I, if you're going to do that, there's a lot of bands that better start apologizing for a lot of records. <laughs> Shit. All right, so what is the status on the autobiography? I mean, Chuck, obviously, you know, a close friend of Corey's, and, you know, we're Metal Sucks. I don't want to and- do it. I don't want to do it. All right, uh-huh. You know what? Here's my take on it. Uh, You know, after reading Rex's book and then all that's been said and whatnot about Panther and all this shit, you know, I I don't want to do it right now. I'm, you know, I'm 47 years old. I think I'm pretty open with the press these days. I ain't got shit to fucking hide. And I tell my side of the story, and it's like, you know, I'm an open book as is. You can ask me fucking anything, and I'll tell you the fucking truth. And that's about that, you know. As far as my private life goes, my private thoughts, and this and that, I'm not so goddamn sure that, you know, I want the rest of the world knowing all my goddamn business. You know, it's like, you know, it's, 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 uh, there's gotta be some limit or line there. So, you know, I, with Corey, rest in peace and bless his heart, uh, you know, uh, we're gonna continue on with the horror festival in his honor because he was the hardest worker in the trade and he was a tremendous believer in the horror fest. So really that, out of our union, you know, and, and and supposed work on the book and whatnot, really it was the horror fest that, that came out uh, the truest and, and, and to be the most real and in common thing that we had with each other, you know, the love of horror films and, 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 and extreme music. So, you know, I think... Uh, that was a lot more fun for him to do than any of the bullshit we did with with the book. You know, we didn't even get past, barely past puberty as far as talking about the fucking book. You know, so, uh, like I say, man, uh, I I don't want to do it, but, uh, you know, uh, maybe somewhere down the line, hopefully 30 years from now, if I'm that fucking lucky, but, uh, you know, or if I'm on my deathbed, then fuck it. I'll, uh, you know, I'll speak <laughs> about it out and tell everybody what the fuck and, you know, whatever. But, you know, right now I'm not really interested in doing that. I'm more interested in writing new music and producing bands and moving forward. feels like doing a book is going backwards constantly backwards 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 and it just doesn't feel no noble it doesn't doesn't feel right it doesn't feel uh true to me uh what feels true to me is moving forward in life and doing different shit and doing 
creative shit and 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 you know being the best asshole I can be, you know, moving forward, you know, fuck it. So how hard was it for you to decide to do House Core Three, the horror festival, without going forward without Corey? Because I mean, it was it was not hard at all because I think if we didn't do it. He might rise from the tomb and, <laughs> and, and, and come and strangle me in the night. That's like true. Like I say, man, that, that he wanted, he had grand plans for this thing, you know. He had always wanted to take it on the road, do it in different cities. He wanted to take it to Europe. He wanted to take it everywhere. And I'm like, Corey, we haven't even done the first one yet. You know, it's like, calm down. <laughs> calm down, sir. You know, so uh, truthfully, man, uh, if we didn't do it, it would be a, a disservice, in my opinion. You know, I, I know for a fact he would want us to continue on, and I'm very proud of what we got so far. And hell, man, it's only July. We got so many different announcements to make as far as movies and special guests and by God, bands, you know, that, that this year is going to be awesome, man. The the reunion of Texas Chainsaw Massacre's cast last year was really yeah. cool to see. Uh, so what what's the, how do you top that this year? Well, you know, that is, a, it's one of those things, it's like, you, you know, do you try and top it or do you bring in the next great topic, you know? It's like, you know, uh, uh, you know, in, in the world of horror, there's so many different personalities, facets, and directorial uh, uh, avenues that, you know, to me and for me, and, and I'm sure anyone that is a, is a horror fan, you know, you could go in any direction and uh, find something that, that, that you dig. So, you know, I, I wish I could say for damn certain or sure that we were running... Uh, you know, uh, so-and-so's films, and they're going to be there and and be part of it. But right now, we're still in the working f- uh, phases of all of that shit. And, 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 uh, but it's looking good. We have a direction. We have... Uh, we're right on the cusp, is what I'm going to say. So um, the more I find out, the more you gentlemen will find out, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, you already and, got, uh, you got 15 bands named already. I mean, and, and a pretty good lineup with uh, Autopsy, which badass, and Suffocation, uh, and, so, and some good stuff that's on, the, on this list. Oh, it's awesome, man, and there's more to come, Jack. I'm telling you, more to come, and it's going to be a, a mind blower. It's going to be awesome. I think for most of us, our big concern after last year's fest was that no matter how much uh, you guys might have wanted to produce another one, that there would be a bunch of legal stuff going on that would just make it impossible. Was there anything behind the scenes that was problematic making this happen? Uh, not so far, no. Not at all. Uh oh. <laughs> so far. <laughs> all right, good. <laughs> anything you're worried about? No, I'm not worried at all. You know, if, if if trouble comes, everyone's got a lawyer. So, you know, mine's, mine are as good as theirs. So <laughs> we'll figure it out <laughs> one way or another. And man, I, I was sizing up like a, I was looking through all the shit and all the projects and all the stuff you got doing. Dude, how tired are you, man? Are, are you exhausted all the time or what? Yes. But, you know, uh, 
That's why they make uh, jumping jacks, you know? It's like you got to get out of bed, get moving, and fucking hit 10, 12 rounds on the bag, and then you're good, man. You know, take a shower and fucking get rolling, you know? It's, it's, it's all about just motivation and moving forward. And, yeah, you're right. I, I, I spread myself very, very thin. But, you know, that's when I'm most comfortable in a weird way. You know, it's like... If I'm just lazing on a Sunday afternoon and it's not football season, then I'm going out of my fucking mind trying to... I'm, I'm always doing something, whether it's writing lyrics or uh, dissecting the heavyweight division. It's like I'm doing something, you know. It's I can't do nothing unless I'm just sleeping and then... then when I'm sleeping, I'm dream working anyway, so fuck it. When we talked to uh, Kirk uh, just a few weeks after he had officially left down, he was uh, he was extremely nice about you and the rest of the guys and just seemed genuine about uh, the split and the reasons that he did it, and it seemed like with no hard feelings. I assume that's still true and on your side as well, but one of the things he was saying is that he couldn't, he couldn't sustain the kind of lifestyle that the rest of the band had. And he felt like that, uh, separated him and, and that sort of division was problematic while he was also trying to develop, uh, or, and continue with crowbar. Did you have the same kind of perspective on Kirk and, and his role in down? Uh, well, it's interesting that he would say that, uh, that's, uh, Interesting, very interesting. But really what I gathered from it was that Kirk wanted to and needed to simplify his life. And, you know, he needed to make a clean break and change in his life, which I get 100% and understand 100% uh, with having been through what I've been through with different bands. You know, sometimes, no matter how successful a band is, there comes a point where, you know, you need a break. You need a break from it. And, and I think at that particular time, Kirk made it very clear he wanted to concentrate on Crowbar uh, 100%, you know, not playing five different bands, two different bands, whatever. And that was better for him. And I'll say this. I've known Kirk since I was 15 years old. He's one of my dearest friends. I love him. I love him. I love him. And nothing is going to change that in the world. And whatever makes him happy makes me ecstatic. And I love him. And we still, shit, man, I, I guess we email pretty much every day. You know, we got this massive New Orleans Saints email list that he's on. And, you know, we banter back and forth every day. Everybody chimes in. So, you know, we're in, we're in contact one way or another every freaking day. So, you know, he's my best friend. He's one of my best friends. And I love him. And, uh, shit, I think we got Crowbar on the bill, too. Yep. Yeah, so, come on, say. you know you got to support your brothers one way or another. Yeah, it, it never seemed like it was a like it's oh you know fuck that guy or anything like that. It was it was basically like it sounded just what you were saying, describing trying to simplify his life and 
and that sort of thing. Is that something that you've ever thought about trying to do? Like bring it down. I know that you want to stay busy, but I mean, with down and super, playing a festival with down, then going to Europe with Superjoint, and then you know illegals and arson anthem yep. and festival and record label and everything else. I mean. You know, eventually it might hit a burnout point, <laughs> like every fucking thing else. But uh, right now, man, uh, oh, shit, I think the labor of love is just outweighing anything right now, man. It's not like, you know, record labels are doing great these fucking days, you know. So that's why you keep your roster small, concentrate on the task at hand, and do your best to bring along bands that you think deserve it and, and, and that you like and, and that you believe in. Uh, and as far as playing in other bands go, you know, everybody in Down is in multiple bands, you know. So we all understand that. And we know that when it's time to do Down, it's like, you know, flicking a switch, you know. Down is... is uh, you know, it's pretty automatic, you know. It's like, shit, you know, a week of practice for the band, uh, me knowing about the gig, we can show up, do sound check, we're ready to go. And uh, the chemistry and super joint we found out with uh, Blue and Steve from the Illegals uh, joining up with us, you know, it's still me, Jimmy, and Kevin, you know, totally original members. You know, it's, it's uh, the chemistry's there, and it's fun to do. So that's why we do it. And with the illegals, that's like uh, right now it's me, Steve, and and Blue, and we're just grinding it, man, and 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 really doing something extreme. So that's a blast too, you know. So it's all different facets of extreme music to to a certain degree. And, uh, you know, it's like, as long as I'm in the creative mode and, and, and feel like I'm doing something creative and, and, and whatnot, I'm a happy camper, man. How do you keep those things separate in your mind as far as, like, stylistically and stuff? Because, I mean, you know, super joint down, two different bands. Illegal's totally different, you know what I mean? So, Well, I'm a true musician, you know? It's like I get it, you know? I, I understand the difference between... Oh, say, uh, agnostic front and fucking morbid angel. There's a huge, there's a huge difference That's there, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, super joint, you gotta, you know, have a, a hardcore mentality going in, uh, as a vocalist. Uh, and that, that's the big difference between something I might do with the illegals or, uh, certain projects god damn i've done even more i'm thinking about like three different projects i've done that nobody knows about uh and i've done done them earlier in the year that are just completely different for me to do you know uh uh, man I'm, i'm all over the fucking place and when i do do a project i'm very focused and I'm very, very, very uh, aware that it has to sound different, and it's got to never cross uh, cross pollinate, so to speak. You know, I, I don't want them to, to to tangle into each other. You know, I, I like them all very, very isolated from from each other. So, um, 
There is a trick to it, you know, keeping everybody on the same page, especially people that, you know, you jam with in other bands, but also have a vision for and jam with in a completely different band. So, you know, you got to keep everybody's head on straight. And maybe that's the the toughest part right there, keeping everybody else focused. Me, I got my shit together. I'm ready to roll. (laughs) Phil, do you have, like, the business of all these different bands? Do you have, like, one way of doing it? Or are, is, is, is there, like, one band where everybody owns 20%? Or is there a band where it's 100% you and you just pay for these guys to go with you? How do you sort of keep all that part straight? And do you have a system? Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, each band is different. Each band is very, very different in how we work the pie graph, so to speak. You know, uh, you know, down. Uh, you know, there's original members still. You know, uh, Superjoint. There's original members. Uh, the Illegals. You know, that's uh, that, that's really uh, my thing. But as it has grown. You know, it's like, you know, sure, you know, I'm open for input, you know, out of the band and, and, and whatnot. And there's different ways of, you know, within each band of, of, of how people get paid and what they get paid and why they get paid certain amounts of money. But still, you know, uh, without going into all these details, yes, you know, I mean, there, there, is, a, there is a method to the madness. And um, each band kind of has its own set of rules really and 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 that's about that are you comfortable in those conversations or do you delegate it you gotta be very open-minded you got to talk and you gotta shoot it straight and if anybody has any uh problem with what you're saying you gotta be very diplomatic and and listen and take it to heart and think about it and uh but really there's not been a situation like that however uh you know like i tell you know when people ask me phil you know what's the the best advice you could give an up-and-coming band it uh something i learned the hard way was uh and this goes for exactly what you're talking about when you're setting up a, a payment plan or something like that or, or whatever when it gets that deep is communication. You know, you got to be able to shoot shit straight. You got to be able to take criticism and let it work for you or, or correct it. You know, if you're bugging somebody, I want them to be able to come up to me and say, Phil, you are you were the biggest dick last night in the world. I didn't like what you said about it. The X, 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 X. Because if you let if you don't if you can't come talk, if you can't talk, then it's just gonna build up and build up and build up and become this fucking uh, monster of a problem when really if it's addressed right on the spot then you can take it, change it, promise uh, I'll never do it again, and move on. And, and and normally that way, it's like it's like fuck, it's over. You know, it's 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 a 
a done deal and we can move on. But, uh, you know, uh, without that chain of conversation, without that communication, you, you're only going to uh, you're only going to run into problems later on. It, it's you got to be able to communicate in a band and shoot each other straight. And it's funny. It's funny because okay. I'm just thinking. It's I'm listening to 47 year old Phil. What what's that answer from 20 year old Phil? Is it something completely different? Probably, uh, probably less informed. You yeah. know, I, I, either that or uh, let me. How do I put this? Uh, maybe I would not have known to answer that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I didn't. Mm. But I would imagine, too, that, like, I mean, it sounds to me like you've been pretty diligent about making sure that you're not surrounded by sycophants. You, you've you got the people around you who you've known for decades, and they are the kind of people who know that they can tell you you fucked up and you're not going to fire them the next morning. And I don't I, find, no, 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 I, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. it. And because people are different, you know, people are always going to be different. And, you you know, sometimes, you know, uh, you might be working with somebody that you've known for a long time, but once you get into a bus with them and you're living in tight quarters with people, you know, you don't actually, you find out that you don't really know them that well at all. And uh, there might be a, something that arises that bugs them or bugs me or bugs, you know, someone else or the road crew or whatever. But one way or another, it's got to get addressed. And you find out very quickly who... Uh, who can take the, the, the open criticism the best, who can take it, handle it, change it, and move on and be a, be a man about it, be a big, big boy about it, and who can't? You know, some people cannot. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's how that cookie crumbles, man, you know. And, and, and uh, normally... I would say eight times out of ten, uh, it works out. You know, the the criticism works out. It's just, it's understood, and you move on, and you never have that problem again. And then sometimes it just doesn't work out, and that's that. You know. You know, you watch a lot of other musicians who don't challenge themselves artistically when they've got people around them those people learn what it is that that artist likes and they're as long as you don't challenge that it's everything's going to be fine but with you with so many different projects and trying to express yourself so many different ways there's got to be plenty of occasions where people go wait a minute phil i know you're trying something here but uh, you know <laughs> think again you know what i mean no not really you know nobody really tries to rein in my enthusiasm very much, you know. They, they That's realize good, yeah. They realize that uh, I, I'm the uh, eternal teenager in a whole lot of ways, you know. I still love extreme, extreme music, and I'm very, very curious as to what the not-so-mainstream kid out there is listening to as far as death metal or black metal or or whatever sub genre of 
popular metal might be. You know, I, I like I like to dig in the underground, and I love to find out uh, what's out there. You know, and that's just part of me that that goes back to the tape trading, demo trading uh, youngster I was uh, back in the middle 80s you know well and there's got to be part of that in you too where you're looking at it from a label guy as well going you know it'd be really cool to support these guys because i mean you guys are touring with what two of the bands that are that are house core bands right king parrot and child bite right yeah well the common the common thing there is that both of those bands tour their asses off yeah, and these do. days you know where physical copies of records do not get sold, they get stolen. Well, maybe not the physical copy, but the record for damn sure is going to get stolen. It's, uh, you know, the way the musician and the label eventually makes their scratch is out there and touring. And that's, that's, that's the truth of it all. So uh, I got to look for bands out there that are, are, are touring. And you know what, fellas? My next frickin' interview is fucking calling in right now. Nope. Oh, Goes yeah. by fast, don't it? Doesn't it? Yeah, it's like, oh, has it already been 30? Yeah, unbelievable. Well, I love you guys. Well, hell, Phil. We're going to get to see you soon here at uh, House Core, at least definitely then. So, uh, yeah, it's been awesome talking well, to you again, man. Well, bring it on, fellas, and thanks for having me on the podcast. Hell yeah, man. Thanks, Phil. Y'all are mad at me. Do what? No. No. no we just got lot. No, dude, we're just like, dude, we can talk. more interview. Uh, no, There's we- like half hour at least of more questions <laughs> that I've got here. God damn it. Well, <laughs> hey, man, y'all hook, y'all hook it up again, and I'll talk to y'all any damn time you <laughs> yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. I, prom- I promise you. Right right on, brother. Good All luck right, with the yo. Super Joint shows, man. All right, man. Th- thank y'all so much. I love y'all. Y'all be cool. Thanks, brother.
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today.
brand new music from Miss May I. I H E is the uh, name of the song. I hate everything. I hate everybody. Uh, it's brand new stuff on the Metal Sucks podcast. Brought to you what, this. What week. is that tone? What? What's that tone you're doing? <laughs> what tone? What are you talking you're about? You're giving it a tone. You're doing I'm not a, giving it any good. tone. I, it's all good. I like that. To- I like that song. I it's, like a, it's, it's not bad. What do you mean? What's wrong with my tone? I, I'm just saying you, you kind of did this like thing where you were like trying to suggest that. I don't know. It was almost like condescending. I think you're. I think something. you're reading something into it. You, uh, you old balding guy. <laughs> you, hey, uh, Metal Sucks podcast brought to you this week by Creative Live. Uh, you want to learn how to record music? Uh, check out our friends over at Creative Live. Uh, they've got classes on everything, whether it's engineering, mixing, mastering. Uh, top by the artists that you love between the bear and me, who we've been going on and on about. Uh, Converge, Periphery, Dillinger. All those guys over at creativelive.com slash audio if you want to learn more and watch some free preview videos to help yourself out. Because, you know, if you're making music, you want to know how. And I'm always tweeting out, like, classes that I see on Creative Live that I think are pretty awesome. So follow, you know, the Twitter thing. But just go to the freaking website yourself. You, yeah. You, Jesus. Now, uh, what, so, so what we, what, you got a problem with my tone about Miss May I? What, what? Yeah, yeah, because you're doing that thing that old people always do about new awesome stuff that, you know, you, you immediately disqualify it as being naive or uh, uh, being, uh, 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 you know, oh, well, they dress funny or something like that. Or they, my but favorite is stupid haircuts, band. man. Whatever. Yeah, they have these stupid, stupid haircuts. haircuts and eyeliner. Oh, Rock and roll has got to go. That's the way it always comes <laughs> off to me. And then, you know, you just you, it, it's sort of like, oh, well, they they, they grew their hair long, you know. And it's like, and, uh, come on, that's what old people do when new awesome stuff comes along. That that's intimidating. I think Miss May I is so good that they intimidate you. Well, somebody has to keep the moose manufacturers in business, oh, and see, if somebody's going to do thing. it. It's got to be. Won't? It's got to be these young bands that are doing. Hey, God damn it, you guys, you kids, get off my lawn! Yeah, I, I, I think it's ridiculous, and I think that uh, you know, Miss Mayor. No, their last album, I didn't like it. I didn't. I, I got to admit, but this song, I really kind of dig. And I, I mean, granted, their ideas are not exactly thought industry's black umbrella. <laughs> song. Well. Uh, okay. But they got uh, now who's the old man now? Hooks. <laughs> who's the freaking old man? Great. Thought industry. Who the fuck is that? Not, like, I know. Even people then don't remember who they were. I know. But <laughs> dude, I, I screw yesterday. <laughs> two hours back. Oh crap. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna kid, I'm gonna pot him down, kids. All right, man. we're gonna shut him off because we can't, can't take that. Slice, don't make me start. I'll, I'll battle you with Iron Maiden. Damn it! I will. Uh, <laughs> I will use my other old man powers to battle you with uh, with Seventh Son. It's over. Yeah. Well, the, you know, Kevin Lyman's talking about like uh, he you know he's got to get like Judas Priest or Slayer on his. Uh, mayhem fast well he needs a headliner and, you know that's right. the thing is he's got to get a headliner for that stuff and i i, I his comments actually it was it was funny because when it, when he said this stuff uh, he was talking about uh, the detroit free press or something like that uh and my fa- <laughs> it really it didn't offend me i actually was pretty like okay hell no, no. he's about fucking right though yeah he, yeah well and the quote is is what happened uh, this is what he told the detroit free press was quote what happened was metal chased girls away because what happened was metal aged metal got gray, bald and fat and metal was about danger. Uh, when you went to a metal show, it was dudes on stage. There was some danger in it. And uh, what he's implying is that we're all 
fat and ugly. And <laughs> he ain't implying it. He's saying it. <laughs> he's looking at the he's, crowd. <laughs> he's going. He's absolutely right. Yeah, yes. And he shouldn't have apologized for it. No, I, honestly, I, I, that's what pissed me off more than anything. was that he apologized for it because he did, really didn't need to. Uh, because no. when you're looking on stage, you know, well, what are we talking about? As far as the main stage of any festival nowadays, other than other than the Warped Tour, even then those guys, those kids are starting to get old now. So, I mean, it's it's that's what we're looking at. This is the it's, old guard. It's, it's a bummer when I look at like, you know, bands that, you know, are, are bands that are now legendary in the scene and they go out on tour and they go out with their buddies, you know, and it's a bunch of old guys on tour. And it's like, what do you, what the hell are you doing? You should be taking out Miss May I <laughs> on the road with you, you know, have these guys show up, try to push you to play better when you get up on stage because they just blew things away but they also brought in a boatload of young people who are probably curious about your old ass and you got a chance to impress them again don't be comfortable just hanging out with you know the same band that you toured with back in 98 you know push push yourself and help the scene in general by supporting bands that are are new but beyond that awesome and beyond that will challenge you to be better now I find it because I find it funny because when he's talking, he's because in this he's referencing Mayhem Festival basically. You know he's talking about what the because Mayhem's got Slayer, it's got uh, King Diamond on the top of it, and when you really look at it, it's sort of modeled after the old Ozfest model, right? You know, and Ozfest basically did that with the old guys on top being Black Sabbath or Ozzy or whoever was playing it, and it was always that's how it always went, but. It was also a taste-making festival, and the second stage, third stage, fourth stage were bands that, you know, Cradle of Filth. We just talked to Danny Filth about it, and that was one of the big breaks for Cradle of Filth in the States was going on OzFest. Children of Bodom, you know, there's so many of these bands, Lamb of God, you know, a lot of these bands that are bigger now were nothing back then, and that's where they got their start were on some of these festivals. So, I mean, I I think he's got a point, but he is the one that is the tastemaker. He's the one that's got to make those decisions to make that happen. I think it's also a problem with now the audience is starting to get older. So how do you get those young kids to come in? And it's exactly what you're talking about, about getting these younger bands that they're interested in to kind of pull them in and make that shit happen. And I think the vice versa is happening. Like I'm looking at the lineup for Bloodstock Fest. I'm going to in a couple of weeks. And you've got on the Friday, you got Overkill and Sabaton opening up for Trivium, right? Interesting. And then on Saturday, you got Death to All and Opeth opening for Within Temptation. Interesting. That's awesome. That's All fantastic. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it, The bands are out there and maybe it's not uh, maybe it just doesn't. I mean, does Within Temptation would they be able to to uh, draw the same kind of numbers that King uh, King Diamond can? Mm. I don't know. Well, you get a Slayer fan or a King Diamond fan. You know, you put them on earlier, they can go home and be in bed and not have to worry about staying up so late. I mean, they got. If I'm Kevin Lyman, thanks for your money. Get the hell out. You know, I, I'm I'm happy that you showed up and paid for the ticket. And the kids that want to watch the bands that are going to spend the money on the merch and everything else are going to stay till the end and watch whatever band it is. You know, it's, and that's it, good for everybody. It, it really is. But it's it's very odd, though, because we're also at a time when we're looking at, you know, who are the next big headliners? Right. I've seen that question asked a thousand times on different podcasts, on different blogs, on different. You know, there is no new Metallica, that kind of idea. Right. And when you're talking about it, you look at like somebody like Lamb of God. It was so weird looking at pictures of Randy and going, wow, when did he get 
he's he's got a couple of years on him now. Like, oh shit, these guys are starting to are starting to age a little bit now. You know, and well, it, look, they got Gandalf in the band. I mean, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, I mean, you got that, but you also have um, you know, you know, when you think about Danny Felt being in his forties now, you're like, whoa. What the fuck happened there? Then when 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 did that happen? You know, the, I mean, it seems like all of a sudden there there's that, but there's nobody that's of that that I, I don't want to say caliber because I think musically there's plenty of bands that are out there that are of that caliber, but like that stature, you know, like they're not quite the draw just yet, and I don't know what the what the stopgap is between those things, you know, and that's the I think that's what Kevin is trying to deal with in this case, and he there's nothing there's no in between anymore. I think part of the stopgap is when you mention their songs, you give it a little like condescending. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's what's stopping these what, bands dude? from being. Whatever, yeah. it's Miss May I? God, <laughs> jeez! You see that logo that they have? It's so douchey. Uh, whatever, bra. Speaking of douchey, <laughs> we gotta get into one minute to midnight, man. It's uh, it's our way to get unsigned bands onto the podcast and and get a. You know, make it so that you can hear how this process works with a producer or with somebody who knows what they're talking about in the studio and let them hear a demo. These things happen in real life all the time. A band has one minute or less to make a lasting impression on a label, producer, or fans. One minute, one minute. to be weighed and measured. 60 seconds. One minute to midnight. Welcome to another segment of One Minute to Midnight with the great Isle Levy. We're going to be taking two bands with 60 seconds of their music each and tearing into it and seeing if we can build better bands out of it. Uh, let's see the first one that we got this week, Event Horizon. Speech impediment, death metal. It's the subgenre we never knew existed. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, is Michael Flatley in this band? <laughs> <laughs> totally river dance metal. Um, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, yeah, one, two, three, like, one, two, three, one, two, three. Yeah. And look, the problem with three, four, or six, eight time signatures is that if you don't totally pull it off, if you don't nail it, and I mean, nail it like you end up sounding like a dancing pirate and like i mean i feel like johnny depp is gonna like swing down and like (laughs) introduce me to like some ghost captain or something um and unless you're one of those pirate wannabe bands from about 2006 or 2007 that were kind of cool back then don't do it um some bands that pull off three, four, and six, eight real well. Gojira, Lamb of God, 
Cannibal Corpse. Go listen to them. I'm not saying to try to sound like them, but if you want to hear three bands who routinely play in those time signatures and still manage to somehow sound fucking badass, well, go no further than those three bands. The This song is too slow also for having vocals that are that repetitive. It, it's, it's the same pattern over and over. And it's just following the same... It's just following the the metronome, basically, which is just, ugh, come on, guys, you got to try harder than that. I feel like, also, as soon as it goes to the clean vocals, it's just like the same pattern as the heavy vocals, too, except it's out of tune and it's clean. It's just the same thing over and over and over and over. If you're going to throw out patterns like that with heavy vocals, though, you got to be going faster. Like, speed the shit up. Or, or work on your patterns. Again, be real careful with six eight and three four, um, unless if you just want to sound like a pirate or a river dance, uh, a river dance dancer. And uh, let me just say that I like the name because the name Event Horizon. I like it because I remember that movie because I was on acid <laughs> and I saw it in the theater. And I had a fever, and it scared the shit out of me. Uh, I, I don't know if I would still find it scary, but uh, for the time, you know, back then, and being and tripping and being sick, it, it was just terrifying. <laughs> so, <laughs> I remember that. I remember the name of the movie, but I don't remember like what happened in the movie. Was that like when it's they save the it's Earth? It's one of my favorite. The... It's one of my favorite uh, sci-fi horror movies of all time. Actually, I love that movie. Huh. Yeah, it's That's... creepy as shit. It's just a ship that's haunted and goes into a black hole. But, like, they they did some cool camera work that you didn't see back then. Like, there's a spot towards the beginning where it the camera pans out and everything is spinning. Uh, and you lose your orientation, kind of, because it's from the perspective of the spaceship spinning outside of Earth. Um, and, you know, if you're tripping, that will really mess, <laughs> <laughs> will really mess your day up. So, All right, awesome. well, uh, I never saw it, but there uh, perhaps there's a movie called Dissident Regressor. All right. Let's yeah, see. I haven't seen that one. No. What do you think? I actually kind of like this one. Um, makes me think of misery, old misery index meets nails meets old every time I die. I like the energy. I even kind of like that it sounds real rough. However, 
this band really should call Kurt Ballou and talk him into recording them because with a production like what he gives, this would be on fire. Um, you know, you took this kind of energy, but just put a good recording to it that still kept the live kind of feel and the nastiness like Kurt Ballou does. This would be great. And I don't know if this is like a song song with like a verse chorus and all that stuff, but I like the energy a lot. And I could see that if people got this into their heads, you know, this song could go over live real well. And it's just cool. Um, I do think that the recording quality takes away from it. Uh, Cause when you have a song that's real energy driven, uh, you need the energy coming out of the speakers to enhance that, but this detracts. So, you know, uh, to really take it over the top, you need a better, just a, you, know, you just need to sound better. But as far as what they're actually doing, save for a few spots where it's not tight enough, you know, I think this is actually kind of cool. And it, people will probably criticize me for, like telling a band that does way more technical stuff that they, they got to like try harder and then telling a band that's more like, you know, punk sounding or like, you know, crusty metal sounding, like telling them that they're great. But the thing about this that I like is that it, it does what it's supposed to do. You know, this is intact. I understand what they're trying to do. Like it's, it might not be the most groundbreaking thing ever, but, you know, its identity is real clear to me. Whereas with some of these other bands, it's like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like, you know, you can tell they're kind of like one band and kind of like another band and haven't quite figured out what they're doing. But I feel like with this band, just off of this clip, it, you know, it's real clear to me what they're trying to do. So I recommend they take the next step and get a good recording. It seems like with that performance, I, I don't know, to me, it sounds like they really believe in what they're doing. You know what I mean? And sometimes yeah. a band will act confident, but there's something sort of missing in the performance. And it's not just because he's screaming into a microphone. It's he, he just sounds like he believes it and believes in himself. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And not just that, the confidence is there, but also, the arrangement works like the drum beat is the right drum beat for the riff and the vocals play off of the music. Like they complement each other. They work together. So this is an easy listen. Like I could have listened to the whole song and been like, yeah, cool. Uh, whereas with some of the other ones where it might have technically more advanced stuff, like, you know, I'd rather put a screwdriver in my ears because <laughs> it's not quite, you know, it's not there, but um, I, I feel like this band would really, really benefit by having a better presentation, though. Um, I feel like if 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 people are reacting well to this, to react even better to this presented in a way that you can actually make some fans. Twelve um, clips in, I and and you finally seem to have found something that you actually kind of dig. Um, I try to find stuff that I dig in everything. There was a band uh, two podcasts ago that we talked about. Uh, what were they called again? The Residents, where I liked a song of theirs. That wasn't the song that was submitted to me. And I made a point of saying that because I don't want... I want people to think that I'm just hating on this stuff. <laughs> but Because uh, yeah, I'm not. You know, If I come across something that I think is good or could be good or just like represented poorly, but... 
you know, with proper with a proper presentation would be fine. I'm going to say it. So, um, you know, what is this the kind of stuff that I'm going to put on when I really want to listen to music? Probably not. But that's you know, we're not talking about my personal listening collection. We're talking about what this band can do to take it to the next step. And I think this band really could stand to get with a taskmaster producer who understands their sound and will bring it out because I don't really think there's much more they can do on their own. Two bands that I think would much rather tonight be on a haunted spaceship flying into a black hole are <laughs> Event Horizon. Uh, you can find them on SoundCloud, Event Horizon, and Dissident Regressor, and I don't know how you find them. Uh, but well, they uh, should do, change just names. They should swap names because I yeah. like the <laughs> I like Event Horizon's name better, but I like Dissident Regressor's music better. So if Dissident Regressor took the Event Horizon name and then went and recorded with Kurt Ballou, I think be in good shape. So make sure uh, make sure that you get this kind of advice uh, in in a couple different places with y'all, of course, uh, on the uh, JSF podcast, jsfpodcast.com. That would be the Joey Sturgis Forum podcast that you guys uh, started a while back, which is really cool, talking about recording and um, uh, all kinds of other things that are really, really granular about exactly what we're talking about here for bands. And do you think it's for bands or, or engineers? I mean, it's kind of suited for both, really. Kind of both. And the reason I say both is because these days – Every band seems to have one guy that wants to be a producer. Now, none of the bands that you showed me, uh, <laughs> because all these recordings suck, but at least <laughs> the bands that are <laughs> the bands that I've been recording for the past few years increasingly have pe- more and more people in their lineups that want to be producers. And there's very few people I even meet anymore who are just standalone engineers that don't play in a band or whatever. So I think that just with the way that music is going and the way that people are starting to create music, recording is just a part of the landscape. So I think the podcast that we do is good for bands and for producers, but it's focused on recording, mixing, mastering, and you know, actually how to succeed in this industry that seems like it's falling apart and there's no real formal education or good information online to help people. So, you know, we're, we're trying to, trying to fill that void because it is possible to go far in this world, but you kind of have to understand where it's headed and why people will pay you and what the standards are. So, you know, we do, we try to talk about that in the podcast. It goes five times a month. Yeah. It's a five, five times a month. And we do bring other producers on there. Like we've had Andrew Wade, Dan Corneff, mastering legend, Bob Katz on there and Alan Duchess and just all kinds of great guests. So we really, uh, really try to get into it. No bullshit. And you're doing in-person boot camps as well, and people can get information on those at unstoppablerecordingmachine.com. Yeah, if people want to take their recording education to the next level and don't want to get into a huge amount of debt and spend years of their lives learning way outdated stuff via recording school, they can come to one of our boot camps. It's myself and Joey Sturgis, and we put these on. They're four days long 
40 hours and we go all the way from pre-pro through mixing and mastering and show you exactly how it's done and exactly what the pro standards are, you know. And I just got to say that we have been changing lives. A lot of people who have gone to these boot camps have, you know, graduated into going pro and been able to quit their jobs. And uh, I'm not saying that any of them are, like, making big money yet. But, like, for instance, I just talked to one of the last attendees, one of the attendees at one of the last boot camps, and you know, now he's doing work for Sony constantly. And it's we have a really good success rate with our attendees, so it's, it's a cool thing. I thought you were going to say that, uh, that that you changed lives. Uh, people that attended decided to quit it altogether because they were they they couldn't do it. <laughs> I'm sure that that's happened as well, but I don't. Those would be the ones I don't keep in contact with anymore. Yeah, you're changing the industry for the better. <laughs> well, that's the idea. If we Getting don't do it, dude, if we don't do it, the industry's fucked. Because the industry used to have uh, a way of educating people about the business that worked. Because it used to be an actual industry. So there was a formal education system, at least for the business people and the producers and all that. You know, Producers did used to have to go to four-year colleges, and those colleges actually were very good because they showed you the real craft of recording on very complex analog systems, but shit has changed, and uh, there is now no real good formal education for how the business has changed and how to actually make this work because the, the industry now is more like guerrilla warfare than actually uh, corporate business like it used to be so you know uh we're trying to actually show people how how things work in real life now 2015 well y'all thank you for another episode of uh, one minute to midnight we appreciate it man hey thank you guys All right, we got to wrap this podcast up. Thanks to y'all, Levy. Thanks to uh, Philip H. and Somo for being our guest this week. And, of course, uh, all the bands we trashed. Oh, <laughs> sorry about that. Hey, we got a uh, new, uh, we're going to, we got doing another call for entries. So look out for that on Metal Sucks this week. They should have a post. If your band wants to be next up on One Minute to Midnight, uh, look for that post so you can send us a link. And don't be and afraid. You, Obviously, we're not trashing yeah. your bands. We're trying to help you out and do good. And we actually, a couple of the bands that, that were on previous episodes had sent some new stuff to us that was revamped. Good stuff, too. I, I, I kind of want to do like a round two with them, you know? I know, I right? That would be kind of cool. Like the, the revisited uh, at some yeah. point? Yeah, that might be yeah. that might be a good idea to come back, uh, circle back around and then check some of the stuff out after they've made changes, which I think is pretty good. That's a good idea. Very interesting. I yeah. like that idea. All right. Oh, good, All right. Good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mean to bring it up like while we're talking. I wanted to yeah, <laughs> bring that up off the air. But I'm, now that you like the idea, it's like, okay, good, good. <laughs> That's a winner. All right. Dude. All right. All right. Uh, make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Metal Sucks Podcast and you will find us. Uh, leave us a couple stars. Tell us we suck. And uh, you can also find us every Monday at MetalSucks.net. And also on the uh, socials, I am at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks and GodlessSpeaks.com. Feel free to follow us. And, uh, you know, we get into these arguments on Twitter as well. So. <laughs> 
I like to, I love it when we go back and forth on Twitter too. Yeah, uh, and I think we did a back and forth on Facebook as well. We're just going back and forth everywhere. Can't can't keep us apart. I know, you son of a bitch. I'm gonna argue with you no matter where you are, you bastard. <laughs>